Hi everyone, I'm your host Tess from Spellbinding and you're listening to Everyday Witch, a show that helps you discover and unlock the magic within. Hello everyone, today I am joined by Nicole Barton, who is the founder of Archetypal Apothecary Mystery School and Secret Witch Podcast. She is a feminine leader and magical teacher. Nicole guides women who aspire to be healing leaders. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I would love if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have this conversation. So <laughs> glad to be here. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, what I do is, uh, I'd say it's more about who I'm being. And uh, that's something that's true, it feels to me, for all uh, magical, healing, feminine leaders. Um, and I guess who I'm being is an archetypal remedy uh, that helps other women to realize their magic, realize their feminine power, um, and realize their full expression. In a nutshell, <laughs> that's the that's the kind of deep my deeper purpose. Um, and I created a mystery school based based around that, basically. So that's it in a nutshell. I don't know how much of a, a deeper um story you want behind that. I can I can go deeper, but yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> can you talk about the mystery school and like what inspired it and what it is? Yes, absolutely. So the mystery school called it Archetypal Apothecary Mystery School and it really is it's a combination between like um, a mystery school grounded in like ancient magic and also kind of a a business school like a a magical business school I'm calling it like an MBA uh, that guides women into uh, spiritual business nuance specifically for teachers healers coaches and guides and um, a better explanation though I would say would be that essentially the way I see feminine feminine spiritual leaders is they're essentially witches and so um, it's called archetypal apothecary because witches have their own little apothecary and the way that I see these women is that they are medicine um, so they have their own archetypal apothecary archetypes uh, stories I don't know how much your women will know about archetypes but essentially their stories they're like mirrors lenses that we can hold up um, to see different aspects of ourselves so that is what archetypal apothecary is doing it's for witches who maybe have the witch wound struggling with their feminine power their magic their self-expression because witches were burned at the stake and it's kind of inbuilt into our dna so it's um it's a school for women like that to really learn to harness the power of archetypes to see these different aspects of themselves and to be able to discover their true gifts and bring them into the world uh, how or what inspired you to start your business and how did you get to where you are now? Because I know with my own business, it is a very long journey to get to maybe the growth or where you actually wanted to end up. So what was that journey like for you? Oh my goodness. I love that question. And it's um, it feels to me that our medicine, our starting a spiritual business 
it's, it's kind of like the work of a lifetime. We can often see these things as like from, from the masculine lens, it looks like there's us who's like the personal personal story of us and then there's the business side of us. And I think that's a very masculine way to, to view the world. So my own journey has really started when back when I was um out, well I mean it was a, since I was since before I was born my soul agreed to come and live this life right but but when in my my human I guess age 10 I burned out and that's kind of set me on a trajectory of magic so instead of going down the kind of more traditional route of um healing because I was you know I had chronic fatigue syndrome I was basically told by the mainstream system that you know they, there was no cure for that so my mum took me down the the more magical lens of homeopathy and that really set me onto the path of magic and it was something that really healed me. It allowed me to kind of re- return to the my soul, who I really was, and and it healed some of the some of the things that I'd been holding on to. Um, and then later on, I kind of ignored, uh, went back to ignoring living in the hamster wheel, kind of ignoring um, that magical lens, and back into the mainstream, mundane, more mundane world. And eventually, age 24, um, experienced corporate burnout again. So again, that kind of put me on a different path. I think it's very, um, I suppose for some people, it's quite difficult to see that burnout is an initiation, but that's very much how I see it now. It's like that initiation happened to help me to really redirect into my gifts um, and so it's it's really kind of a, a mix of initiation and then a deeper devotion, because what happened was I went back to homeopathy and I thought, well, it healed me before. I'm going to try and try it again and see if it helps me heal now. And it did. And at that moment, I remember realizing this uh, a few years ago at that moment, I like made this deeper unconscious devotion to my to myself and to homeopathy. I was like, if this heals me again, I'll devote my life to it. And it was very unconscious at the time, but it did heal me again. And I ended up training in homeopathy. And the way that I've kind of created my business, it wasn't until I've been in this deep process of discovering what my gifts were that I saw that homeopathy is the kind of language that I use for everything. This is really where the archetypal remedies themselves have been born because homeopathic remedies, I don't know if anybody knows much about them, but um, essentially they are like archetypal personalities. So that's why I call the remedies archetypal remedies, because they're grounded in this lineage of homeopathy. And it was funnily enough, just a deeper devotion that I'd made back when I'd experienced this initiation that even though it was an unconscious devotion, um, kind of led me to be birthing the work that I do today. And um, yeah, I think it's one of those things that, that I've seen is that the feminine kind of devotes and commits and that's the work of magic. Once we've kind of made that deeper choice, um, often then um, things will will unfold from there. And there's a quote that um, I love that kind of sums that up. It's the one by Terence McKenna and he talks about nature loves courage. You make the commitment and, um, you know, it will it, dream the impossible dream and it will lift you up and, that's really um, one of the things that, that I've seen is that, um, yeah, there's, 
but kind of making that deeper commitment and then allowing things to unfold has been a big part of my journey. And, and I, I kind of came to a place of like, oh, we could actually do this intentionally. <laughs> and then imagine what we can create from there. So that's very much since since I've kind of reclaimed that, um, it's been a very intentional creation and ownership of of that gift. I'm, I'm a big believer that our gifts are in our wounds and that initiation is kind of what what led me to to where I am but yeah in essence it's a it's a long journey of continually unfolding and and revealing and healing the layers of wounds that are in the way of us seeing what our deeper gifts are um yeah were you into spirituality at all I know you said when you were younger your mom took you into more holistic practices but after that, did you continue that and like continue practicing that or did it kind of go away? And then once you had the burnout, you went back into spiritual practices. Yeah, I love that. I think, again, it's one of those things I always say our gifts are kind of hidden in our childhood experiences. So it's always like one of those things when you're a child, you're like mixing the potions and <laughs> that sort of thing. And I was always very sensitive to spirit um as well so I was we'd go to like spiritualist church and there was a lot of um a lot of encouragement of that more spiritual side of me so I think that definitely helped in being able to to reclaim but I don't think it's necessary um I think a lot of women that come here to be feminine healing leaders can kind of be woken up at any point they've not necessarily been awake to magic their whole lives but in fact, sometimes I see that women who are the most magical have almost had those experiences that have set them into fear. And then they've kind of denied their magic for their whole life as well. <laughs> so, so, um, so yeah, but for me, I definitely did have that kind of, um, cultivated and that experience growing up. Um, my mum was very much into spirituality and yeah, yeah. But what advice do you have for others looking to access the magic within or who might be afraid of it, like you talked about, and don't want to acknowledge it? Yes, I love that question as well, because one of the things that I've seen, um, just speaking about that, that fear that can come up for women, um, it's it's just like so natural to have that fear. I think, especially given the way that I view like people who are called to this deeper purpose, people who are aspiring um, kind of, yeah, healing leaders, as I was called, spiritual leaders, they will always hit up against some kind of fear. Um, and it makes sense because, as I said, the witch really, as a, an archetypal lens, represents women who are powerful. So that's the leader element, women who are magical, um, so that's the magic element, and women who are here to fully express. And the way that I see um, the world and my worldview is that, again, these these leaders often think, and we're taught by the masculines that our gifts are our spiritual tools, like Reiki or uh, you know whatever it is that we're that we're um, I don't know astrology or these these different tools that we can we can come to and get trained in. And I see that it's not necessarily our tools that's that's the gift it's it's our it's us it's our story it's our archetypal journey our story of healing transformation that women will be drawn to um and 
And yet often that kind of expression of that, because we're sharing parts of ourselves that appear woo or, um, you know, a little bit uh, seen as a little bit weird, um, there can be that fear. And, and I think it's it's the witch wound essentially is what we're talking about like that's that's the deeper fear usually usually up here is different various different blocks that are probably probably more conscious so things like I don't know doubt self-doubt or you know lack of trust or uh, distraction all of these things can appear like they're the kind of superficial blocks that want healing and actually the deeper wound is the witch wound and it makes so much sense because you know, women were burned at the stake at one point in time. And if we think about how that's, you know, epigenetics even explains how that's been kind of passed down um, through our DNA, through into our cells. So when we think about being our gifts and accessing the magic within, like that fear is going to be inbuilt into us. And I think one of the things that is really, really important if that's someone who's just stepping into that journey of owning their gifts is to really allow themselves to be with that, to love themselves in that fear, to know that it's natural, to know that it's not just them that feels that way. And I think love, loving that scared little girl who's just responding to the activation in her cells of like the witch wound and her ancestors is healing in itself. So <laughs> that would be my main, my main advice. Mm. I love that. Is there something you wish you knew before owning a spiritual business? Yes, definitely. (laughs) And so many things. Um, So I think, again, I was just beginning to speak to that. I think think one of the first things, I've mentioned a few threads here, but the first thing is that kind of masculine, if we talk about the business side of it, that masculine versus magical feminine business piece. It's like um, there's a common misconception that the masculine business lens still applies to magic. And yet, in my experience, magical business is entirely different. It's, It's the business of the feminine and what I kind of mean by that is that piece about the tools, like um, the masculine lens sees that our spiritual tools are our gifts, whereas the the reality and what I've journeyed with in creating my business is that it's us, it's people that are remedies and like the archetypal stories, the, your journey of transformation that's, that's the gift. And there is actually a universal law, a magical principle that explains this, and it's it's what homeopathy is based on. Um, and what the archetypal apothecary modality is based on. It's the law of Semelius Millibus. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it essentially means that like cures like. So if we if we get into the kind of more art and science of how that works, um, how people are remedies um, rather than rather than spiritual tools are being the remedies or the gifts, is that if we are sharing our story of transformation, that is what is going to attract another another person to that medicine they're going to resonate with the story that we're telling um and they will they will be naturally attracted to people like them and that likeness will be what what cures them so I think that's probably one of the key things um that I wish I'd known before (laughs) before I went into the initiation of creating a soul business which is very much how it feels to me um there's that and there's also another piece I think here around um the what I call woo light and woo deep um the when I say you know I was initiated in lots of different spiritual um spiritual things throughout my life um 
that was very much from until more recently it was very much from the lens of what I call woo light and what I mean by woo light isn't that it's intrinsically light it's not it's not that all this stuff is no good and it's not that we've journeyed with it even incorrectly it's just that there's like almost a basic magic 101 that we have to go through before we can then progress into the deeper magic the deeper woo which feels to me to be more about seeing that deeper shadow wound beyond the beyond the kind of more surface level things and and another great example of that would be just to it feels like the woo deep is more about like the nuance of magic so for example a lot of women and the women that I guide as well have come from a path of maybe understanding that we manifest and we use affirmations affirmations would be something that I would class as more woo light because there's almost a sense of an affirmation being like a wish whereas I would work with something like a decree and a decree is really a deeper devotion a deeper commitment to your vision whereby you're saying it's not just I'm wishing for this and waiting for the universe to provide it but like we have a we have a unique soul will that we've come here to live out and if we if we're devoted to that we're saying we're committed to taking the aligned actions and liberating and healing all of this all of the wounds and the blocks that are in the way of us actually creating that vision so that's another piece (laughs) I wish I'd known but at the same time we journey with it when we need to so yeah 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 what would you say to people who are afraid of this shadow aspect of magic or who don't want to like do the shadow work? Mm, that is a really good question. I love that question. And again, I think there's a lot of shadow in the way of even doing shadow work almost. It's like <laughs> there's so much fear. If we think of shadow as fear, like there's so much fear in the way of like the deep, dark depths of the witch if you look at the witch she's like this really shadowy she's seen by culture by our culture as this really shadowy um dark scary figure and I think the first piece is like really is it aligned is it aligned for you to go into the deep depths of the witch and to see what's there to be seen is the first question because we want to always choose these things consciously but also like Yes, it is an initiation. Yes, it does take you into the depths, but it's also the thing that takes you into the like who you are, like the truth of who you are, the truth of what your purpose is. And so I think there's a real piece around the costs and benefits of like going into into the shadows and and seeing what's there to be seen because I know for me there's been some of the most painful moments of my life you know I I um was initiated again back into into this kind of woo deep if you like um through the birth of my daughter and and that was a real time of like reclaiming my power and it was really messy like to journey with um so but yet it's it's what's had me create my create my business the way it's been created so really depends on what we want to create and uh, the costs and benefits of going into that journey and I think the other piece with that again just to bring it back to love I think if we are feeling some fear no matter what it is whether it's about going into the deeper shadow work whether it's about you know whatever the fear is that's coming up it's helpful to remember that that's coming up because our little girl learned it was a, a way to keep us safe um so 
I think that's that's a really key piece for women who are feeling the fear of shadow work is to remember that this is about our little girl and essentially holding her hand and letting her know that we're powerful and she doesn't need to be in fear anymore. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I saw on your website that you talk about feeling like the odd one out. And what would you tell someone that feels left out or like they're the odd one out? I love that question. Yeah, there's, um, for me, again, it comes back to the witch wound. And if we're feeling like we're the odd one out, and there's a whole, there's been a whole journey with me recently about that, actually, in, in that, um, again, working with the witch, she's usually here for, <laughs> for something like this. But, um, I remember being outcast and outcast would be the word that I would, that I would use. And I think it's a, a word that women particularly feel when they're in their witch, particularly in their magic, they can feel like they're going to be pushed out of society, you know, outcast or judged or rejected. And again, it comes back to that being in our DNA. Um, and I journeyed with this piece recently. Um, I was in a group of sisters and um, really felt like they had, um, I can't remember what the exact scenario was now, but there'd, there'd been this like disagreement and I really felt like I was in that kind of outcast scenario. And I remember just really being determined to stay closed. And yet, as I saw that it was my little girl who was creating this, this story, I began to see that actually it was me that was closing my own heart to them, um, which takes a lot of power, I think, and, and to take the responsibility for that and, and open and own that. Um, so I don't necessarily expect that women can get to that point, like without the deeper, the deeper shadow work. Uh, it's, it's always possible to choose to open, but there's a, for me, it was a whole journey at least. Um, but I think it really does come back to the witch will hold up that mirror and show you where essentially we're rejecting the pieces of ourselves. It's not even, you know, yes, we will come up. And if you're here to be a leader, if you're here to be a witch, you're, you're, it's like unlikely that you're going <laughs> that you're going to lead in a way where everybody just goes, cool. Yeah, I really agree with you and just follow you. Um, so there will be an element of if you're if you're here to be a leader, you're here to create some kind of movement which will potentially have resistance um so there's a there's an honesty piece about that and being like well okay I'm here to be a witch I'm here to be a leader not everybody's going to agree with me so it's being with that but also like tending to the parts of ourselves that do fear rejection and do do have that kind of almost that inner rejection of ourselves and that inner judgment yeah Talking about being a leader, like you said, not everyone's going to agree with you. How do you deal with being a leader and when people disagree with you or on social media, people aren't always the nicest? And how do you deal with burnout too? Because being a leader, being on social media, having a business, you still have burnout. So I'd love your advice for that. Yes, I'm loving this question um, because it's very alive for me, actually, at the moment. Um, I've been in my in my career, in my leadership, particularly the last few years, I've been called quite quite all sorts of different things, actually. And for those who are in my group programs, those who are work one to one with me, you know, I've been described as like a loving fast forward button to healing. So I know there's like an element of like 
the, the, the people who are right for me, the people who my medicine is aligned for is going to cure, like cures like, they will receive me with like as really loving. And there's also other people who receive me because I'm speaking, you know, truth um, to a lot of topics. There's also people that that really triggers. And just to caveat, like if when we're triggered, there is usually gold in that wound. So the deeper invitation is always to open, to receive whatever the gold is, see whatever wants to be seen. But I've been called over the years, um, all sorts of things, a cult leader. Um, I was called a narcissist just last week. <laughs> Somebody dropped into my inbox and accused me of being a narcissist. And that's been really tough to journey with at times. I actually wasn't too triggered by the narcissistic comment because in my gene keys it does actually say that I am narcissistic and there's a gift in that in that I'm here to help women and myself go really deep into self self-discovery and self-inquiry so it is a very there's a there's a gift element to it but it's something that I have journeyed with um and yeah it's really really tough at times to be able to hold but I think the more that we allow ourselves to open and it comes back to that piece about like at one point I would not be able to have opened into receiving that feedback about being a cult lead about being a narcissist these are things that we don't want to look at and yet the more and more I cultivated my own inner power my own inner security and became like open to you know being a leader and being here to not always be liked um that was that was really powerful for me to be able to hold that and learn to expand into holding that. I think there's a real journey that we have around being able to hold other people's potential projections because, you know, for me, I'm quite clearly not a cult leader. And so that was a projection. But there's also like a piece of me that's learned to open and love whoever is projecting that onto me. And also at the same time, be like, what's actually here for me in this? Like, what is there to see? Um, that maybe some element of truth, like how am I creating this kind of dynamic where she's receiving me as a cult leader? Yes, there's a trigger there for her. Um, and the same with the narcissism, like, yes, there's clearly some projection in all of that. But then what is there here for me as well? Because I'm a big believer that no matter what comes up for us, uh, I call it our material for liberation, any trigger, any wounding that we go into, we we tend to go into contraction. And there's usually some gold if we can open through that contraction. A bit like yin yoga, we kind of meet our edge and be tender and soft with ourselves. If we can do that the same way and go into that deeper self-inquiry, yes, it's painful, but there's also so much to be reclaimed in that. And I think um, that's, that was answering the piece about how how I deal with that. Um, the piece around um, burnout, I think your question was... Um, how how I've learned to to navigate burnout was it yeah especially with owning a business and being a leader Mm. yeah this is such um a big topic again and I think burnout for me the way I see it now is so easy for us to and and this is I say this based on my own journey there's you know a part of me that really used to blame my career for burnout I'd be like oh this is you know my career burnt me out and I had to redirect and I realized I was coming from a very, um, almost like a, if we talk about the victim triangle, like a victim place where I was in victim to 
my career, the more I began to own that my creation of that pattern. And it is something that I see because even when I started my business, I began to approach my business in a real hustle kind of way and suddenly realized, oh, maybe that wasn't actually <laughs> my career, but so much as an internal pattern for me to um to kind of to see and illuminate. And again, it's that kind of material for liberation as I was creating my business from a more masculine way. Uh, I began to see that there is a way to create that differently. And I had been the one who was creating that that pattern. Um, I think for me, it was very much a pattern of wanting to be perfect. So if there's women out there who are experiencing like a perfectionism shadow, so wanting uh, the remedy that I would work with typically in the Archetypal Apothecary Mystery School for that would be the remedy gold, Aurum it's called. Aurum as a personality likes to be perfect. She's here to be a leader. She's, you know, really wanting to be the gold shining star. And, and yeah, she really suffers, suffers with perfectionism as one of, one of her shadows. And for me, that was, that was the piece that kept me in burnout. And as I have more and more learned to love my inner perfectionist and sort of say to her, you know, it's okay. We don't need to be perfect. We're just here to show up as you and be truthful and express who you are. And that doesn't need to be perfect. In fact, it's better if it's not, because <laughs> if women are wanting your medicine and you show up all perfect and shiny, they're not going to relate to that. Like there's a, there's been a whole journey with that, that has had me just more in the true expression. And the more and more we're in our true expression, the less burned out we can be. Like when we're living from true deep alignment, that was the that was the real piece about burnout for me. Burnout for me is like a manifestation of the fact that we're not in alignment with our true soul. So yeah, anywhere that burnout is showing up, it's wanting to reveal something to us. Um, so how I dealt with that was by liberating all the all the places that that was showing up for me, all the wounds, all the deeper shadows. I don't know if you would relate to this at all, but something you said just made me think about it. And my friend owns a spiritual business too. Um, and sometimes it feels like when you are the face of your business or the face of your brand, people can dehumanize you a little bit and expect way more from you or expect you to be perfect like you said because you are like a face and all people see and you're supposed to be a business instead of an actual person and do you ever feel that way and if so how do you deal with it I love that question because if we talk about shadow, shadow obviously has different polarities. And what we were just talking about with um, like cult, cult leadership is kind of like the demonizing end of the shadow pole of that same, same, um, like if you imagine it like a, a seesaw, um, it, you know, on one end of the seesaw, we have the demonizing. On the other end, we have the pedestalizing. So it's actually... Um, basically the same shadow but just different extremes um so yeah that makes perfect sense to me and has happened yeah in in and in fact I think it can be that women can pedestalize me and then kind of swing to the other end and then demonize me um so that makes perfect sense and really it comes back to also the same the same pieces that we can feel the pressure of that pedestalizing of that um feeling like we need to be perfect feeling like we need to be all shiny and have it together and 
um, you know, have healed all our stuff before we can be, you know, spiritual leaders. Whereas actually the women that we're here to serve are typically like a few steps behind us. They, you know, they're journeying perhaps through the same shadows as us. It's just that we've gone a little bit deeper with them. Um, you know, our shadows aren't going to be healed just like that. You know, they're here, the shadows that we've chosen into for a lifetime to work with. So we're just going to be looping in deeper and deeper spirals of them. Um, so yeah, it's it's really important for me that women know that when they are here, yes, there is an important piece about integrity um, in terms of like we can only guide women as deeply as we've gone ourselves. And we don't need to be, you know, live up to this pedestalization or this idea of inner inner perfectionism that's that's really creating that. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers that question. That <laughs> feels feels to be um definitely part of the same shadow pole. Yeah, I love I love that about the shadow pull. It's so true. Mm. Um, do you have any advice for someone looking to start a spiritual business or any advice on where they should start? Mm. Yeah, there's um I think really where they should start. I think if you're wanting to start a spiritual business. The best place to start is to really begin to heal that witch wound because often people can really like they can feel this deep desire to go into creating a spiritual business and they can have this somewhat of a vision, but often it's coming from a more like what's accepted place, like what's like almost trying to fit your magic into a mundane box. So that can always diminish your vision without us being even aware of that, that being what's happening because of the deeper fear of like being seen as weird. So the witch wound of like, what if people are going to reject me? You know, and, and it kind of means that people's visions, their big, deep visions get watered down and like put into this more acceptable, palatable, mundane box. So I think if I was coming into this from like beginning and something that I guide my women into, I'd really be wanting to heal the parts of me that were playing small and like diminishing, diminishing my my vision and usually although that can feel like it's a whole load of other shadows like I said it could feel like it's to do with confidence it could feel like it's to do with imposter syndrome or any of those sorts of um, blocks that women are often conscious of the deeper fear usually is of their power and can I really create that bigger vision their magic and uh, like am I going to be seen as really weird and their capacity to express that into the world so often their vision will get watered down because of that and that's you know the the witch wound is usually the deeper underlying fear that's stopping most spiritual leaders from actually actualizing their deepest that their, their, their gifts that are their deepest purpose like often they'll they'll still like you know plow ahead with uh, with whatever's logical and makes sense logically, but there's a deeper calling in their heart that often they're just slightly hiding. It's why my podcast is called the Secret Witch Show because these witches tend to like play small, keep themselves a little bit secret <laughs> so that they don't have to fully express themselves and hit against being called a cult leader. <laughs> Yeah, I love that about like boxing it into the mundane. That's very interesting and very true. So it's like accepted in society. 
Um, okay, my last question is, what does magic mean to you? What does what? Sorry. What does magic mean to you? Oh, magic. Well, there's lots of um, lots of different things that magic mean, but in basic form, it's essentially transformation to me. I think um, Crowley said that magic is the science and art of create of causing change to occur in conformity with will, and it really feels to me like this is why it's so important to be able to get in touch with that deeper place, like beyond the witch wound, beyond the logical, what am I going to create my business? Like this is about what's, what your deep, what your soul is deepest desires are, what you're, what you're here to express. And it really is that kind of creating that transformation. Um, yeah, that's, that's to me, the most kind of basic explanation of magic, like the the creation of change in some form. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I think our listeners are going to love everything you had to say. And I will link um, in the show notes where everyone can find you or where they can enroll in the mystery school. Um, yeah. I had such a great time talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, I'm um I've I've loved talking. I love talking about magic, so <laughs> I could talk all day. Um, but yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Nicole. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget you are magic.